Today we review the life of Abraham, the man of faith blessed by God with great promises of land, seed, and blessing to the world. On The Bible Brief. The epic story of the Bible is beginning to develop. Midway through the book of Genesis, we've seen God's amazing power, the problems of sin, death, and evil, and the seed of a solution that's only beginning to be fleshed out in the story. A seed beginning with the woman and running through the line of a man we've gotten to know, the Shemite man named Abraham, the man of faith. Let's review this remarkable life as we prepare to launch into more of the story. In the first 11 chapters of the Bible, we saw the creation of everything, including the unique creation of mankind in God's image. We saw the first man and woman put into a beautiful garden in Eden and given everything to enjoy. Everything except the fruit from that one tree. But we soon saw that fateful moment when the man and the woman ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil after the woman was tempted by Satan in the form of a serpent. The first humans ate and they died. A spiritual death alienating them from God with an eventual physical death to match. Further, upon that first sin of disobedience, a new corruption entered the human race. A corruption that would mean a propensity for all future generations to sin against God as well. And as we moved through the story, we saw that that corruption initially culminates in the violent world of a morally corrupt humanity. And Noah is called out of this world to build an ark. Noah and his family, along with the animals of all kinds, were saved from the great flood that wiped out humanity. He and his family would be the new start in a fresh world with God's covenant promise to never again flood the earth in judgment. However, soon after exiting the ark, we saw that the corruption at the heart of mankind would continue to manifest. One of Noah's sons, Ham, looked upon Noah's nakedness and spread the news of his father's shame. And as a result, Ham's son Canaan was cursed by Noah to be a servant and a slave. Yet Noah blessed Ham's two brothers, Shem and Japheth, for covering over Noah's nakedness. It was here, especially in the blessing of Shem, that we saw the Shemites identified as those who would carry on the godly legacy of Noah. Soon we saw the Tower of Babel, where the pride and technology of mankind made a fruitless attempt to build a tower to God and heaven. But we saw God come down and confuse the languages of these people who sought to make a name for themselves. And it was just southeast of this city of Babel where we met Abram a man who was called by God away from an idol-worshipping family to a new land and a new future. God said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This call of Abram is the beginning of 12 chapters of the Bible interspersed with promises from God, detailing what becomes the Abrahamic covenant. 
an irrevocable bond where God promises a great future to Abraham and to his offspring. God calls Abram from Ur of the Chaldeans to the land of Canaan, and Abram in faith follows the call of God. Yet soon after arriving in the land of Canaan, a famine falls on the land and Abram leaves the land of Canaan for Egypt, where he deceives Pharaoh by calling Sarai his sister. With Sarai and Pharaoh's household, Pharaoh enriches Abram before sending him away upon the discovery of his deception. Abram then returns to the land of Canaan as the famine draws to a close, but war drums begin beating. Soon, the land is invaded by four kings of the east, and they sweep through Canaan, looting cities of wealth and people. As these four invading kings sweep through the cities of the valley around the Dead Sea, they take Abram's nephew Lot, forcing Abram into the conflict. With God's help, Abram defeats the four invaders and saves Lot along with the people and possessions of the cities of the valley. Upon his return from the victorious battle, we see three short narratives. Each of these narratives involves reward for Abram. First, we saw that mysterious King Melchizedek, the king of Salem, bring out bread and wine and bless Abram before Abram gives Melchizedek the priest a tenth of his estate. Abram chose to honor God through the priest Melchizedek because he recognized God's hand in giving him victory in battle. Then we saw an offer from the king of Sodom for Abram to take goods from the cities that Abram had saved. But in what becomes a characteristic move for Abram, he rejects any offer of free benefit from the Canaanites, choosing instead to wait for a reward from God. And next, we see God's reward for Abram, as God makes a formal covenant associated with his promises. We see that ancient covenant ceremony where God, represented by a smoking firepot and flaming torch, passes through the carcasses of the slain animals. This official bond is the ratification of the Abrahamic covenant. Along with that covenant, while Abram is in his state of deep darkness, we also got a taste of what's to come in the Bible story, as God gives Abram a preview into his descendant's servitude in a foreign land. They will dwell there for 400 years, which we'll soon come to in the Bible story. Here we also saw that most consequential exchange with ramifications for all time. The exchange in which God accounts righteousness to Abram because he simply believes in God. In Genesis 15 verse 6, we read that Abram believed God and God counted it to him as righteousness. And yet, even after this, we see Abram and Sarai's attempt to accelerate the fulfillment of God's promises. Sarai suggests that Abram sleep with their Egyptian servant Hagar, and Abram listens to his wife. As a result, Hagar conceives a son, and he's named Ishmael. At 86 years old, Abram finally has a son. However, 13 years later, when Abram is 99 years old, the Lord appears to him again, and God announces that he will establish this covenant that he's made, not through Ishmael, but through a son that will be born to Abraham's wife, Sarah. While God will bless Ishmael, Ishmael's line will not be the one through whom God will fulfill the great promises of the covenant. The covenant that now has a new sign, the sign of circumcision, a sign related to the offspring that characterizes the covenant itself. In the same year, we also see the Lord come down to judge the wicked city of Sodom. 
that city where Lot, Abram's nephew, continues to live. It's in this account that we see the mercy and justice of God on full display. God agrees to Abraham's request to save the city if ten righteous people are found in it. Yet soon we see that the only righteous person in Sodom is Lot himself. The city will be destroyed. And it's in this that God's mercy is shown. Instead of sweeping away the righteous with the wicked, God saves Lot and some of his family from the destruction of the city. God shows himself perfectly just and also merciful, going above and beyond Abraham's request for mercy. From here, the story shifts back to Abraham's family, as Isaac is born to Sarah. At 100 years old for Abraham and 90 for Sarah, they've welcomed their miraculous newborn. But before long, when Isaac is weaned, Sarah decides that the house isn't big enough for Hagar and Ishmael to stay in it. Despite Abraham's love for Ishmael, God tells Abraham to follow the wishes of his wife. Hagar and Ishmael are cast out of the house, but not without promises and provision from God. Abraham's eyes are now fully focused on Isaac, the son of the promise, and the one through whom God would establish his covenant. And now God gives Abraham his ultimate test of faith. When Isaac is a young boy, the Lord commands Abraham to sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering. He tells Abraham to sacrifice his only son, the son of the promise, the son Abraham loves. Abraham is to go to a mountain in Moriah, as the Lord commanded. And there at the mountain, we see Abraham pass the test. As he takes the knife to slaughter his son, God stops him and provides a ram in the place of Isaac to sacrifice. Abraham had followed the command of God, even when he couldn't understand how God's promises could prevail through the death of Isaac. Abraham walked by faith and not by sight. In return, God rewards Abraham with more assurance of the covenant, especially an assurance that through a particular seed of Abraham, all the nations of the world would be blessed. After this monumental event in Moriah, many years pass. And eventually, upon Sarah's death, Abraham buries his wife's body in a cave on some property that he purchased in the land of Canaan. And this kicks off the final act in Abraham's life. And in his final years, Abraham's major goal is to find Isaac a wife. Abraham commissions his servant to go to his family outside of Canaan to find a wife for Isaac. And we see the beautiful Rebecca echo Abraham's faith as she leaves her country, her kindred, and her father's house to go to the land of Canaan for a new future with Isaac. It will be through Isaac and Rebekah that God will establish his covenant. Finally, we see Abraham's earthly life begin to come to an end. While he married again and had additional children, these are more of a footnote to the major events that transpired in the long life of this great man of faith. A man called from a family of idol worshipers to a new future in the middle of God's promises. Promises of land, seed, and blessing. The land of Canaan, seed in abundance, and blessing to the world through a particular seed of Abraham. The Abrahamic covenant is now passing to the next generation as the righteous man of faith is buried in the promised land. But before we move on from Abraham, we have to ask some critical questions. What does it mean to be righteous. 
Is being righteous doing all the right things, or is it something more? How is it that a man who deceived others and slept with a slave, how can he be called righteous? Join us next time as we discover what the life of Abraham can tell us about Jesus and about living a righteous life. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible.